Hi, and welcome to episode 64 of Walk to Work. So uh, this week is the continuation of uh, last week's conversation with Stephanie Buller, an Alexander teacher who works uh, with uh, some uh, world-class rowers. Um, so before we get into uh, the, the, the second and, and, and last part of that conversation this, that in this episode, uh, just a reminder, Jess and I are starting some online blues classes. They'll probably happen on Thursday evenings. Uh, so the idea is they're weekly classes. You join in um, as if you would join any normal weekly class. Uh, there'll be drop-in classes. You can join in whenever. But there'll be a lot of continuity, so you'll get most out of it if you're able to, to attend regularly. Uh, and the difference is, uh, compared to regular classes, that uh, they're online. Um, I'm quite excited about this because I think there's a lot of interesting things uh, we can do that uh, we wouldn't be able to do in regular weekly classes, local weekly classes. And of course, conversely, there's things that you can do in regular weekly local classes that you can't do in online classes, but you win some, you lose some. Um, so yeah, last week uh, we talked with Stephanie about um, her approach to Alexander Technique and how she started working with these um, uh, elite athletes, these uh, world-class uh, rowers. Um, and so, uh, spoiler alert, when we recorded was before the World Championships, uh, the rower that um, uh, Stephanie has been working most closely with, um, he and his partner are undefeated this season, were undefeated this season, uh, and they disappointingly, I say in square, scare quotes, um, finished uh, third in the World Championships, which is pretty amazing. Uh, especially they've, they've only been working together for two years, uh, he and his, his partners. Uh, no, only been working together for one year. Uh, so it's, a, it's still a new partnership and they're still finding their stride. Uh, and uh, Stephanie is pretty convinced that she has another three seconds up her sleeve, uh, she told me. So look for exciting things in the Tokyo 2020 uh, Olympics. Um, this week, aside from uh, just uh, kind of talking a little bit about how she works uh, with uh, with Jason, um, we'll get into the differences of between working with kind of regular folks and working with elite athletes uh, with Alexander Technique, uh, and get into a topic that's dear to both of our hearts, uh, which is how to make movement yummy, like how to make it so that we really want to move. Um, and also how to make movement uh, efficient, how to tap into our innate laziness uh, in order to uh, perform really well. Uh, so yeah, let me know what, what kind of movements are yummy to you, what kind of things you do to make your movement uh, in your everyday life uh, yummy. Um, let us know. If you want to work uh, with uh, Stephanie, you'll find her on Facebook. Um, and you'll find her, um, she also has a professional page there. Uh, obviously, she's based in Germany, so she mostly works with folks uh, in Germany. Uh, but if you're an elite athlete, if you know some elite athletes, um, and you can travel her to wherever, I'm pretty sure she'll be thrilled uh, to, come and, to come and work with you. And uh, as she says, uh, the less she knows about your sport, the better she's able to help you. Um, and also, the less your coach will moan about it. Uh, so yeah, here's the second part of our conversation. Enjoy. Uh, and so I think uh, that uh, some of your athletes have been really successful. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm allowed to, to say it that um, um, I'm working for, I think, almost two years with uh, Jason Osborne, who is a lightweight scholar in Germany. And um, he has the um, uh, world best time at the moment. And he's now starting um, in a double with another lightweight rower and they are the European champions and of course that next weekend the two boys um, will end up as our new world champions. I hope so. And then it's wow. going to Tokyo 2020. So um, yeah, and at the moment they are completely they're unbeaten over the whole season. Uh -huh. and yeah, maybe you notice I'm like I'm so proud. <laughs> you should be. I'm so happy for them. And um, yeah, that's a very special work. And I'm really grateful for having the opportunity and um, um, gaining the trust, basically, of this mm. um, specialized people. And it's really fun to work with athletes because they're so used to adjust their bodies and to they're so in tune with their bodies in some ways in some ways not that everything you every idea they like is just put into practice immediately mm -hmm. you just give them an, an idea they go they take it to their training and the next day they move differently and this never ends to to astonish me how uh, do, do you work differently with uh, these high-end uh, athletes? And I think you also work with some uh, high-level musicians as well. Mm -hmm. Do you work differently uh, with those people than with uh, like regular people? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, in a way that I'm very demanding and I'm not with for example, if I have a 60-year-old woman with back pain who never really moved or felt comfortable in her body, uh, I wouldn't let her repeat movements like 20 times. Mm. Um, but just make it pleasurable, more exploration, finding out for yourself. With the rowers, if I get too slow, if I inhibit <laughs> too much... If um, I slow, um, yeah, if I slow down too much, they basically fall asleep. They just fall asleep right away <laughs> because they are so exhausted physically from all their uh, training and the stress tests they have to make and uh, the performance tests and oh, whatever. Um, that, for example, a table lesson, which is one part of Alexander technique, that you lie in a semi-supine and uh, practice some kind of directing and um, yeah, being aware of your body, they just immediately fall asleep. No mm. way. Mm. Um, and if I have the the impression that we're like very close to a very important shift. Um, and I have the idea that they maybe want to get away with it and just need some... They, there's always a kind of risk if you have 
if you have uh, patterns or habits that made you successful, it has always a risk to change them. Mm. And sometimes when we're very close, I am basically give them a kick in the ass. <laughs> okay. And they're used to this. I would never do this with a like normal everyday person wanting to improve their running, for example. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm much more gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> But um, these are people who really, they're, they're basically paying me to expand their boundaries. And um, sometimes it needs a talking and a gentleness. And sometimes I can be very fierce, actually. <laughs> and yeah. the hardest thing I once did with an athlete is I made him get in and out of a boat for actually three hours in a row. <laughs> and that was like, we battled with our willpower. At this, this was just two, two willpowers competing. <laughs> Um, and I was like, you want to know me, you get to know me, okay, we're doing this again. And of course, I, I asked, okay, should we stop? What do you think? Do you want to continue? I mean, of course, we're still grown-up human beings making choices, okay? But it was like, we, I think we had to go to the point where we both were so exhausted um, that the habit, that the pattern really drop away mm. uh, and it was only then and he started to row and came back and said okay this was really like the, the, the hardest labor ever <laughs> and I'm so grateful we did it nice But that was um, you wouldn't do this in a normal Alexander lesson okay you wouldn't like keep on going that was insane and I don't know if it was clever but it worked and it was like in this moment that I thought okay let's continue let's continue should we do another half an hour okay come on let's continue and he was like when can I start to row and I said you will not row unless you sit in the boat <laughs> um, yeah but but it is in a I think that has something, this is this where they, where I can relate to these people and where they can relate to me. Mm -hmm. Because then oh, there's someone who's equally enthusiastic and equally passionate um, and ambitious. And I think as long as they realize it's not about me, that we're still working on something for them being better they are willing to expand their boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I would never do this with like in a dance class. <laughs> like this. We practice turning for three hours now. Ha -ha. <laughs> Maybe it would be good. Uh, although I find that I think the, the, the lack of high-end athlete in me uh, means that once I get tired, uh, the, the, there isn't the rest of my body that's kind of there for it. And I just sort of start falling over and that's all you're going to get out to me for the next hour which is maybe just because I, I'm insisting on doing the rowing instead of getting in and out of the boat properly <laughs> yeah prob probably could be yeah <laughs> um, I'm really taking care that I make very clear what we're working on mm -hmm. and what we're not working on and yes 
athletes are very tired. <laughs> like they're tired all the time. And mm -hmm. on the other hand, I stop a lesson if there's no sense, if it makes more sense that my athlete goes napping, why should I like insist on um, torturing him with thinking about Mm -hmm. if we have the time and if we are awake and if we are like in the teaching zone um, and it's possible to schedule and very complicated schedule um, and I just keep going oh. right <laughs> uh, and so I, you were listening to the episode I did uh, with uh, Samuel uh, we talked about uh, the idea of a movement diet <laughs> Uh, and you you felt that was very relevant in the way of describing what you do. Yeah, I love this. When I heard it, I was um, I immediately thought I have to ask him if he has copyrighted this idea because it's just amazing. So um, I think it's uh, Katie Bauman, uh, whose uh, book is uh, "Move Your DNA." Okay. Uh, who 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 coined the phrase? I will have to look it up because it's mm -hmm. just, it describes very well that I think we, we are more um, educated about nutrition mm -hmm. than we are about movement. Yeah. And I think we should change that. <laughs> yeah. That's also uh, the guy who's the CEO of Zero Shoes. He has a podcast called The Movement Movement. Uh, and he describes it as um, kind of there's this uh, natural food um, uh, movement and he wants there to be a, a natural movement movement. And that's it. that seems also like kind of relevant uh, that people be aware as aware of their movements as they are of their of their movement yeah. diets as they are of their food diet. Yeah. And um, I will sign up to that project <laughs> as soon as I can. I'm in. Yeah. And um, what I found interesting about this diet idea is um, that I think there are different ways of doing this, but if you want a sustainable change in behavior, because this is what the one thing is that you make a prescription that people should eat, should not eat this and that and should eat other things. But if, a coach, for example, really wants to make a sustainable change, you will maybe slow your eating down and you will um, first observe what you consume over the course of the day. And you will maybe realize that the world gives you a lot of sugar and white flour and fat. <laughs> um, and you will start to recognize what this does to your digestion and how you feel and how awake and alert you feel all the day. And then you will start to make choices. Like you realize, okay, this is the moment where I'm hungry and all around me is like sugar, white flour stuff. What choice can I make um, to eat something that's maybe better for me? Mm -hmm. um, and I like to transfer this to, to movement because we have a world that offers us like the sugar of nutrition is the sitting in movement. <laughs> um, so like the world 
provides me with a lot of setting options, for example. Um, and then I can make choices. But in order to make choices, I have to understand my triggers. I have to understand my personal habits. I maybe have to deal a little bit with my own movement history. I think that's the same in dieting as well to say, okay, for example, as a child, when I felt lonely, I ate a lot of chocolate. I don't know. I don't want to make chocolate bad, you know, I'm mm -hmm. just trying to make the, the, um, to work out the pa parallels. Um, and then you can start to make new choices about what really feels good. Can I, what can I keep? What can I change? What is it that I want to achieve? Um, but for me, the most important thing is that it has to taste good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I have a diet and everything tastes like medicine or I have to eat whole grain, black whole grain bread and I'm just getting sick of it because I just don't like it, um, I think we need an alternative. And it's the same with movement. If someone says, okay, you have to work out in a fitness studio and do whatever muscle building training and my whole system just wants to vomit by the idea of going to a fitness studio for example um, you need something someone to help you find an alternative so how do we make movement feel yummy basically <laughs> yummy movement so how do you make movement feel yummy um, I ask a question, for example, um, what's the easiest way, for example, to lift um, um, a box of water bottles, for example, okay? And then people say things like, oh, I have to bend my knees and I have to have a straight back and I have to do all those things to do the best way to lift this heavy thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the most easy, the easiest thing to lift this thing is let someone else do the job. <laughs> okay? So instead of telling people they have to do and they have to and they have to, I, I can, I say, can you allow yourself to do less? Can you allow yourself to let someone else do the job? Which means um, we have a weight bearing system. We have bones. Most people forget that they have bones. Um, we often think we're like beetles, like hard on the outside and soft on the inside, but we're the opposite. Mm. We have a structure from the inside. And if this structure works well, we are soft on the outside and movable and flexible. So you said, how do I make movements more delicious? Uh, I provide options for support, which support the movement. And if you form a movement with a sense that your body supports the movement and that you don't need to muscle yourself through the movement. And if you make experiences how easy, for example, turn, going upstairs, uh, lifting stuff, how easy it can become if you change your idea about how you move, then it starts to make just basically fun because you're moving more and at the same time you're being extremely lazy so <laughs> so yeah this for me is yummy to say 
how can I and and for example the these are the athletes that were most, are most feared. So if you have someone sitting at the starting line who's completely relaxed, the others get really scared. <laughs> so, I can see that. Yeah, because you say, okay, I'm I'm scared, sorry, like shit, and I'm tensing up. And this guy is so relaxed sitting next to me that this in itself um, is a statement. And this like intelligent laziness to say, okay, where can I do less in order to get more? Um, for me, it's just a fun challenge. I'm, uh, this is how I work, how I uh, walk through my day. And it's a kind of self-worth to say, I don't want to do more than I have to do. Mm. So I, I really like this uh, tapping into laziness and tapping into ambition thing you have going. Uh. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to say, okay, how can I do what I have to do in the laziest way so that in the end, for example, of the race, I'm the one who has still some energy left in the tank mm -hmm. because I was very efficient on the way to go there. But then laziness or efficiency has to be my a very primary goal. And it's so much fun. And it feels so much better. So, yeah, I'm very enthusiastic about um, clever laziness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my plan for today is to uh, be lazy and see if I can have fun while doing it. Yeah. Uh, cool. That Tell sounds like a great place to stop. <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for joining me this morning on my uh, literal but slightly extended walk to work. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> uh, and I expect we'll talk more about stuff uh, in the future. I uh, hope to so. everybody out there. To everyone else there listening, uh, see you next time. And until then, take care.